following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. We go a lot of places all over the country. And uh, we were standing back this morning in the corner and we were praying before the service. And, and I, just, I just told everybody, I said, we go a lot of places. And we've, and we've been in places where there was not a whole lot of control or, or, or uh, order, more order. And you kind of have to just fend, you know, and, and, and fend for yourself. But then we've been to other places where there was order, but it was like it was controlled, like, like fear-based. Or, or, and, and, but we, we, we very seldom get to come in a place where you see order, but it's flowing. And it's almost like we've come in this place and I'm big on the kingdom. I, I, I relate everything to the kingdom. And I come in here and I feel like I've walked into the kingdom of the Lord. <laughs> because that spirit of excellence and that order is, 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 is happening without control. <laughs> and people say, how do you do that? You come here and see it, you know. And, and I was telling them this morning, I said, you know, I said, let's, let's ask the Lord to, to let's, let's open ourselves up to impart this morning what he wants us to impart. But let's also leave ourselves open to receive what he wants us to receive from here and take away from here. That will make us better for it. So I thank you for being a place where Jesus is king yeah. and he is God. I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning. John's my new best friend. I haven't met anybody quite till him. Because I was a beach bum all my life. I lived off the coast, you know, in, in Brunswick, Georgia, Jekyll and St. Simons. And, 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 and I thought that was the beach until I went to Panama City and thought, no, I lived in a creek. <laughs> the, 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 the sand was so white and the, and, and the water was beautiful. And I'm thinking, God, I don't ever want to leave. I, I just want to, but, but I was a beach bum and it was always me and Jimmy Buffett. You know, I just, it was, it was. And, and the Brownsville Revival happened and I never got to experience it. Because the, the, the denomination I was in, if it wasn't happening there, then it wasn't God. And so you didn't hear about it, but whenever things happened and I began to hear about it, and I started watching videos of it, and, and, and somebody gave me a CD of Lyndall Cooley. And I listened to it and thought Jimmy Buffett had gotten saved. <laughs> the Lord just knew a way of reaching me. And, and, but, but isn't the Lord just good? You know, he's, he's just so good, and his, his, his anointing just it messes us up. You know, the pastor said he's an anointing junkie, you know? And, 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 oh, good Lord. 
I just want to celebrate him. You know, I, I just want to sell. I just want my life to be a celebration of who he is, and 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 I can't help the way I am, and I don't want to make excuses for the way I am. And you know, people look at me. I'm 62 years old, and they think, oh, I just want your energy. If I was 30 years old, I'd be obnoxious. But I'm 62, and now I'm a miracle. <laughs> I used to work in the hospital, and I had to take care of the patient diets and, and make sure they got well before the Lord started doing all this. And I remember I got, and I had to, you know, I had to go up and, and talk to the patients who were mad because their food wasn't right or didn't taste good. And then I'm thinking, you're already up against the wall because what food in the hospital tastes good anyway? <laughs> but, you know, I would go up, and I remember this one man, you know, they said he's, he's a diabetic and he's really upset about his meal, and they're asking for you. And I, you know, I'm walking up, and I'm, Lord, what do you want? You know, I'm walking up, and I walk in, and he's sitting in his chair. And, and he said, and I thought about this because this is where we stayed last night in, in the holidays. I walked in, and he said, are you the doctor? I said, no, but I did sleep at the Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> and when I did, he just melted. He just melted. And I know it was because of the grace and the anointing that the Lord's given us to go into the marketplace. And, just, and he may give us one-liners, but he may give us things to just open the door. But he does that kind of stuff, and we're able to walk in and tell people about Jesus who may never want to come to church. Yes, you're right. So stand up. I know you got comfortable, but it's Sunday morning. Before I start, we're going to celebrate. Can I get a couple of chairs up here? I want you two to, to come up here with me. Now, it, with, with us, everything's in the light. It always has been from the beginning. Everything's in the light. Everything that we know, you know. Everything. We don't, we don't hide everything that we know, you know. A man told me one time when I was a child, he said, if you tell the truth, you can tell it a hundred times and always tell it the same way. <laughs> and so who we are here is who we are. I'm, I'm not... I'm just trying to tell you there's a thing going on in the, in, in, in the world that, that the Lord's doing something that we don't have to put up a front. We don't have to be fake. And, and, and we don't... We, and I want to I wanna talk about that this morning. I want to tell you what I see where we're going. But, but I'm telling you, you don't, we don't have to be fake. We can be who we are. You know, we, we can, we, I'm, 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 I'm just like this at home. I'm an obnoxious asker, you know. <laughs> but just can't you feel the spirit of the Lord in here? Can't you feel him? And he's not making any demands on you. I told, I told the pastor's wife, when, 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 I saw her, when I saw her Friday night, I said, there's such a radiance of the Lord that shines through and shines off of you that when you walk into a room, doors open and walls fall and the peace of the... Oh! And it's a Psalm 133 anointing, so if it's on her, it's running down to every one of you guys. 
so I know that the anointing that's on you that flows out of you, it's on every woman in here. And I've never met a man, a pastor, that I thought was me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so the anointing that's on him runs down to you. So why can't you be, can I use you for a second? I've been watching her all weekend. And I know it's a style for women to dye their hair gray. I told you everything's in the light with me. So I walk up to her this morning. I said, can I ask you a question? She said, I said, is that yours or do you dye it? <laughs> and she said, it's all mine. <laughs> it's me. And I asked her that because I remember years ago when I was washing, watching The Price is Right. And on Friday afternoon, Bob Barker came in and his hair was just as brown as it could be. And then Monday morning, he come back on and he was completely white-headed. And I said, I will never do that. I will never do that to where I have to get up every morning and put on just for men just to keep. I'm not knocking you if you do. I'm just saying I don't have time for that. that so at 40 years old, this was me. And at 62, it's still me. Oh, we got to celebrate him, y'all. We got to celebrate who he's made us. We got to celebrate him. You know, and, and I'm going to, but I got I to I gotta just tell you this stuff. You know, because, because what he does in one, he'll do in all. Yeah. People say, you know, I want your passion. I want your energy. You know, coming to rub them. You know, I had a man give me his handkerchief when I'm thinking, you know, I ain't going to get it for you. You know, but, but, but they, 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 they want it and they don't understand that this thing that the Lord has put in me, when I get up here, I turn into 30 years old. But when I get in the van, I'm 90. <laughs> my knees hurt. My ankles hurt. I walk out, Jerry, I hold it, and I, I walk out of the van. I say, oh, my God, I don't know if I can make this. Step. But then I walk in a place like this, and here I go again. This, this. can be that way. So that's what he wants us to celebrate. I told him we'd never let it become common. And we would declare things that he tells us to declare. Celebrate things that he would tell us to celebrate before it happened. So I'm telling you, the things that he's telling us to celebrate is a forerunner of what he's getting ready to do. And he keeps giving confirmation. He keeps giving confirmation to let us know you keep declaring it. You keep celebrating it. The people, you see, he told us when this thing started. We didn't even know why he gave it to us for 17 months. And then he told us, he said, you want to know why I gave it to you? He said, because you can only represent me. But I manifest who I am and what I do. And he said, this right here is a manifestation of everything that you think is impossible. He said, it's a manifestation of everything that you believe is unbelievable. Wow. And he said, it's a manifestation of every prayer that you've ever given up on. Of every person you've ever prayed for. Of everything you've ever prayed for. And you felt like, well, nothing's going to change. I'll always be this way. He said, this is a revelation and a manifestation of who I am and what I want to do. And it's time and he's here celebrating. Celebrating. Yeah. 
celebrating, celebrating. Come on, celebrating, 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 celebrating. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. It's just 10 minutes till 11. Come on, go on. Celebrating, celebrate who he is. Celebrate why you're here. Celebrate what he's doing. Celebrate he's the king, he's the Lord, he's daddy, he's all. Oh. oh, take your neighbor by the hand. And we're gonna pray. I want you two to sit right there for right now. I didn't offend you, Billy. Not at all. <laughs> I tend to have that effect on some people when I, because my wife will tell me, you just talk before you think. Well, I love being like that because I know there's nothing down in there that's deceitful, that's not honest. It may not, you see, we come from opposite sides of the bridge. We do. You see, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says, to be, not in, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But he gave me a deeper revelation of it. He says, you run after me with all you got. You focus on me with all you got. And when you get to running wide open, you look over and see who's running with you, and that's who you yoke yourself with. Because he said, he said, when that happens, he said, you both are running after the same thing individually. So there's no pushing, there's no pulling, there's no tugging. You all are after the same thing individually, but you're ultimately after the same thing together, which is the purest form of unity. And that relationship right there, nothing will be withheld from it. So we come from different sides of the bridge. She was the socialite and I was the redneck, the beach bum. I have to put on my phone words that she says so I know what she's talking about. My vocabulary has gotten better because I have to figure out what she's saying. She says, Facebook is not my communication currency. Who says that? Who says that? Who says that? I don't even know what that meant. I said, okay, but do you use it to put things out there? We get ready to go somewhere. She said, I have to go surreptitiously pack. Who does that? Who does that? What? I've never heard that word. In 60 years, I've never heard that word, and it just flows out of her. Why? The other side of the bridge. I take her to the redneck side, and people say, Johnny, you did good. We go to her side, and they look at her and think, that's why you let God pick your mate out. Lift your hands up and let's celebrate him this morning. Father, we just thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your love and for your mercy this morning. 
We thank you, God, for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, Abba, Father, Daddy. We just praise you this morning, Lord. 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 Now we're going to celebrate what he's going to do before he does it as if he has already done it. Put your hands together and celebrate it. Celebrate it. Come on, celebrate him. Celebrate him. Celebrate him. What if he raised you dead? Celebrate him as if he's already done it. Sit down. Whew. I want to talk to you this morning about what I've been seeing. Can we take these chairs and like put them right here? I want to tell you what I see, where we're going, and where we are. Whew. I don't believe a lot of us know where we are and what we're sitting in. Not on, in. We're not sitting on it, we're sitting in it. But we just don't realize what's going on because we're not as intimately close to him as we need to be where he can reveal that to us. So this morning, I want to try to illustrate it so that you can get it into your spirit and let's move up to where we're supposed to be where he can show us the things he wants to show us so he can do to us and in us and through us what he wants to do. The Bible says in John the 8th chapter, the 10th through the 12th verse, it's talking about whenever they had brought the woman caught in the act of adultery. They had brought, him, brought her to him and had thrown her down at his feet. And he says, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, in that phrase, go and sin no more, he was not being legalistic and telling her what to do. In his words are power. So when he was saying, go and sin no more, he was also giving her the grace to go and not sin anymore. Oh. Ooh. Now, he said... He said, now he says, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now when he said, I am the light of the world, the word light here means the light by which true life is gained. The light by which it's turned on. It's grown and it's matured and gets brighter and gets brighter and gets brighter. Then he says, so I am the light of the world. I am this light that once I shine on you and in you and through you, you're going to grow. You can't help but grow. And you're going to mature. And it's going to get brighter, so bright they don't recognize you. And then he says, so he says, it's the light by which true life is gained. Now, Psalm 119 and 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
So he who is also the light that shines on you, stand up with me. He is also the lamp of your feet and the light to your path. So the reason he can be that is because he turned on the light bulb here and the light by which was gained and begins to grow so that light that which now shines in you becomes your lamp to your feet and the light to your path, the same the same light. And as you walk it, the light said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And as we go, I'll shine. Now, the word, word in this means simply the word of the Lord. So he's saying the word of the Lord is light. Above it, he said, I am light. Now he says, my word is light. In Psalm 138 and 2, he says, for you have magnified your word above all your name. The New American Standard says, for you have magnified your word according to all your name. So what he says is, my word is my character. My word is my nature. My word is my integrity. My word is who I am, and I am my word. My word and I are one, and we are light. Oh, oh, then he says in Matthew 5 and 14, you're the light of the world. He says, you're the light of the world. And he said, the light gives light to all who are in the house. The word light here means the divine truth by which you are impregnated. So he says, the light that shines on you and in you is my light that impregnates you. You see, we're busy about everything's in the light and exposing on the bad stuff. That's that religious spirit I wish we would get rid of. When he said, I am the light of the world, he said, I'm going to open doors. I'm going to show you things. I'm going to do things that you've never seen before, that you've never heard of. And that light that shines, that shows you opportunity, will also show you what you need to do to position yourself so I can do it. So in that light is not just the source of showing you, but it's the source of giving you what you need to go where he wants you to go. So he says, you are the light of the world. You're pregnant. Now, don't get scared. I'm not speaking prophetically. I'm just saying what he would say. But if it helps. His light shines in us. He is our identity and shines through us, giving light in and through us manifesting in our calling and in our gifting. So we are his light. Have you got my picture you can show? Now, he says that we are his light. He turns it on. Now, you notice... You can't see their faces because it's nameless and it's faceless. That's what light does to us. It makes us nameless and faceless and reveals him. 
So what that makes us is the light bulb. And when you turn on a light in a room, you're never attracted to the light bulb. You never look at the light bulb, but instead you look at everything the light reveals. So when the light turns on and you become the light bulb, you light up the room. And people can see, not you, but they see who you revealed in you and through you. The anointing, the gifting, the calling, the love, the compassion that radiates from you and through you because of who he is and who he has made you. You're just a light bulb. Thank you. Now, where's my sheet? I'm good. It's just 11 o'clock. I started praying this prayer. Lord, I want to hide myself in you so that you can manifest yourself in me. And that's what I pray. I want to hide myself in you so that you can manifest yourself in me. How does he manifest himself in us? He's got to get us pregnant. You see, and I'm going to illustrate this, the relationship between a husband and wife or between a a, a man and a woman between us is the model is a husband and wife. Jesus, the groom, the church is the bride. That's our role model. Religion messed it up and made us clergy and laity and built platforms. And put us on platforms and pushed us off the platform, then blamed us for falling. But he said, I said, I want to hide myself in you so that you can manifest yourself in me. Well, the model is husband and wife. So I said, I want to hide myself in you. You leave your head up. I want to hide myself in you. So that I can get pregnant. So that I can get intimate. So that you can birth in me what you've called me to be that I don't even see yet. 
I don't even know yet. It's not even entered my mind yet. But it's because I haven't been in that place where you can talk to me and we become one. But, Lord, I repent. So now I'm going to hide myself in you where you can make me pregnant and you can manifest yourself in me. And so when I come out, all I see is you, but I don't know who you are, but I recognize him. And he says, he says, he says, I am the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. I'm the light, you're the bulb. So it's level ground, nameless, faceless, not about who you think you are or who you want to be because you're total, you're, you're, you're calling. And see, here's the thing. When you've been in here, it ain't about you anymore. Now, she just wants to be loved by you and known by you. We write love songs about that. It's in the book of Solomon. Because that's who he wants us to be. But here's what he says. He says, Phew. come here, Jerry. Hurry, run, 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 run. Come here. Stand right here. Stand right here. Come here, Pastor. Come here. Come here. See, you see, it's 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 three and one and one and three. Cause he says, he says, change sheet. Don't want to use it like this. Change this and you get in the sheet. You get in the sheet. You come out and stand right here with me. Because it's husband and wife revelation, relationship. He says, he says, you're, you're, <laughs> you hide yourself in me. I am the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. I'm the light that turns you on, that makes you the bulb that reflects me and shines on the path as you go down this path, going to the place that I've called you to. And even though I'm here and I birthed it in you, when you get here, I'm here. And along the path, I'll go with you. So not only am I, no, you come here. You stay here. So not only am I here, I'm also here, and yet I'm here. Three and one. One and three. How? Because I birthed it in you, I walked it out with you, and I blessed you with it, and oh! So I'll never leave you or forsake you. I gave birth to you. I discipled you. Now I give you my glory. You never left me. But I'm, I'm at the end. I'm at the beginning. I'm Alpha. I'm Omega. I'm the first. I'm the last. Oh. Come back. Stay right here. Now here, here's where the relationship is shown. You see, religion's killed us. 
Tried to. Tried to. Religion has taught us things on this path that are just not true. And I want to tell you what I believe is truth. But this path that they tried to get you to walk You see, we've been told patience is this. The Lord talks to us, then we go through it, and we never hear from him again. And we're wondering, was that really you, or was that me? Was I just caught up in the moment to think that was you, because I never hear from you? And they say, tribulation works patience. That's why people say I never pray for patience. I'll always believe that's why the microwave was invented. Because <laughs> we've, we've not been preached patience. Pastors would get up and say, I'm not about to preach patience because then the Lord's going to do something to make me be patient. And so that's why we have no stability. That's why we start out and we stop because what's prophesied over is here, from here. But, it's, but, but this relationship is husband and wife. You see, here, he's daddy. Here, he's husband. Here, he's Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And he's calling us into our kingship, into our. But the model is husband and wife. What if he said to her, I'm going to take you to Hawaii. And she never hears another word. Is he really going to take me to Hawaii? He's not even brought it up. And when I put it on the travel channel, he turns it to ESPN. <laughs> I'm trying to remind him of what he said, but he doesn't even talk to me because he's thinking, just be patient. But what if he does this? What if he does this? Get around here. He says, I'm going to take you to Hawaii. And then he brings home a pamphlet. Of Hawaii. She can rest and be patient. What if he says, look what's in the envelope. Two tickets to Hawaii. She's just as peaceful and restful and patient. And then he says, why don't you go buy you some clothes to wear when we get to Hawaii. And now she's thinking, I love you more today than I ever did. <laughs> Why? Because patience leads to love. 
because he's the husbandman and he'll never leave us out in the desert. He'll never leave us out in the wilderness by ourselves, but he'll go with us. And we may not see things in the physical, but he'll talk to us and give us markers in the spirit that will cause us to be patient and we'll wait with anticipation and expectation and excitement. The dead is going to be raised. The blind are going to see. He's given us markers all along the way and confirmations and it's coming. It's coming. What's happening there is coming here. And the day comes and they go to Hawaii. And guess what? She wasn't surprised and caught off guard. She was ready. Because he gave her markers along the way to keep her patient and keep her ready that when they went to the place, he told her she would not be caught off guard and not be surprised, but she would be amazed at the palm trees. Come here. So the Lord calls you and you walk out and you never hear from him. Tribulation works patience. And our picture of the desert is looking for an oasis. And we see facades and things that we think is water, but it's not. But that's just the Lord working in you, brother. And we've let religion tell us how to be patient. And it's made us angry. And it's made us bitter. And it has frustrated us. And we've been told we were sinners. And we're not sinners. Our spirit just knows there's a greater way for patience than what religion has been telling me. And I rise up and I say, I will have that no more. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Yeah. So he'll give me markers and I'll shout. We've been taught. It's conviction. The realization of your guilt of sin or the realization your sins have been forgiven. In the world, conviction is the awareness of guilt. You go to court, they pronounce you guilty. We brought that concept into the church. And we use words and things to make people feel guilty and dirty, thinking that that's what's going to bring them to the altar. And what it does is make them shameful and sorrowful. And they leave and you never see because they don't want you to see them as they really are because you convicted them. You convicted them. You, we, can, we convicted them of the wrong thing. In the world, in the religious system, you're convicted of guilt. But in the kingdom, you are convicted that your sins are forgiven you. Ah, 
How do I know? God. John 16 and 8 says, And he, Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin. The word convict in this scripture means to bring to light, expose, and reveal forgiveness. So he said, I can tell you before you already repent, your sins are forgiven you. And me telling you, your sins are forgiven you, opens the door for you to say, God, forgive me. Lord, I repent. You've already forgiven me, so I just say, I'm sorry. That's right. He said, we have the authority to tell people, your sins are forgiven you. No man can do that but God. Uh-uh. Your sins were forgiven you 2,000 years ago on the cross. It's just up to us to receive what has already been done. So I'm here to tell you this morning, your sins are forgiven you. We've made it. We've made it hard. And we've made ministries, and we've got deliverance ministries, and healing ministries, and salvation ministries, and ministry, 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 ministry. And all Jesus said was, your sins are forgiven you. (laughs) What's the scripture that the four guys took the guy and tore the roof off and let him down in the floor? And Jesus said, because he couldn't walk. He was sick. And Jesus said, Take up your bed and walk. Your sins are forgiven you. And they said, how can you do that? And he said, well, it's easier for me to tell them, take up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven you. But today, if that had happened, and he wanted to be healed, and he came in an evangelistic service, he'd say, take me back out, boys. This is the wrong tent. I need to be healed, not forgiven. Raise me up. Wrong tent. It's two tents over. But let me tell you what this is doing now. You may have a deliverance moving, but he'll give you the anointing to lead them to the Lord. He'll give you the anointing to heal them. He'll give you the anointing to... You know why this is nameless, faceless? I thought and I've always heard that the nameless, faceless meant God was going to use the people we never heard of. That's a religious mindset. Wow. We thought the ones on TV, it disqualified them because everybody knows them. He said, this is what's going to make it nameless, faceless. Here... Where nobody knows you, there's going to be outpouring, and the dead are raised, and the blind see, and cancer is healed, and marriages are restored. But down here, in Benny Hinn's ministry, the dead are raised, the blind see, marriages restored, people are saved. 
And over here in this other ministry, the blind see, the dead are raised, the lame walk. So what's going on with Benny Hinn is going on here and is going on there with you. So you don't have to look for Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland or... Because what's happening in one is happening in every one of them. Because it never was about them. It's always been about him. So it's nameless, faceless, because the same thing's happening here that's happening here. And just go where he sees you. You see, ain't this good? It is. See, we've been taught on this path. Oh, we've been taught on this path. When you walk out and you fall, you got to get up and start back over. Oh. You know how many times I've been saved? <laughs> I was an evangelist's greatest blessing. Because they knew when they came to our church, they was going to have one statistic. And it was me. I was going to get saved. Because I was taught, if you step out and you mess up, you got to go back and start over. Oh, my God. You know how many times I've been baptized? This ain't a new thing to me. I've been baptized so many times, I learned to swim being baptized. This ain't a new thing to me. This didn't rock my mind when I heard about this. I thought I did that all my life. But we start out. Now, you fall with me, you stand up, okay? We start out and we fall. And religion has said, pick her back up. Bring her back in and go start over. And you start out, and you fall. And you get back up, and you go back. Oh, my. And you start out, and you fall. And then you get back up. You repent, you get back up. So repentance has become a bad word. But here's what he says in the kingdom. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. The Passion Translation says, For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. Here's what he's saying. You see, we've been used to falling backwards. But he said in the kingdom, when you mess up and repent, you fall forward. That's why he can bless me with a past like I had because I didn't go back and start over, but I got up. He told me one time I was in a service preaching, and he said, Johnny, do you trust me? And I knew there was a follow-up question, so I said, I want to. And he said, you trust me as long as you don't mess up. He said, but when you mess up, You ride the guilt, and you take it back, and you think I'm making you start over. 
And now I was preaching while he's telling me this. He says, but I'm telling you from this night forward that when you fall, I will pick you back up, dust off the knees, the, the, the pants, and let you keep walking. Because every time you fall, you will be falling closer to where I've called you. Than... So you ready? You ready? So when we go and we fall, but we repent, we get back up, and we're a step closer. And we go and we fall, but we get back up, and we're a step closer, and we go and we fall. And we get back up and we're a step closer. And we go and we fall. And we get back up and we're a step closer. And we enter into the glory. And he said, you've never fallen in your life. You've never fallen. You've never fallen. You've never fallen. Where's little bit? Where's little bit? Where's Davy's wife? Come here. Little bit, come here. Come here. I told you everything's in the light with me, and I'm not going to leave here with anything not being done that he wanted done. Come up here. We're getting rid of that religious spirit. I asked her the other night, you're going to learn if you ever talk to me, you're, it's game for me to tell it. <laughs> I have no secrets, so don't tell me something to confide in me. I have no secrets. <laughs> I said, are you related to that guy there singing? She said, that's my husband. I said, do you sing? She said, yeah. I said, why aren't you up there? She said, well, I don't really feel like I have the anointing to do that because I don't have my prayer language. And I said, that's a lie. So guess what? You got the anointing. He was all over you the other night. Your prayer language will come in time. And it'll flow right out of you. It'll flow right out of you. It'll come right out of you. You'll sing to the heavens a new song. It's about a husband and wife model, a husband and wife relationship model. She may not be 
where she thinks she needs to be with you. But let me tell you something, what your role in this is. When she falls and slips up, don't pull her back and say, you gotta wait till you have the goods. But when she falls, pick her up and move a step forward to your call. If she slips again, get out here, come on, get out here. Get down here. Get down here. When she falls, pick her back up and walk her another step to her calling. Oh! That's what you do on the path. You love her all the way through it. I saw her Friday night, and I'd go talk to her, and she'd just smile, and I'd walk off, and she'd, and I'd go back to her and talk to her, and I'd walk off, and she'd, I said, something's not right with that. Look at her now. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. And you're it. You're it. Yeah, that's what you should have done all the time. Go to your calling. Sit down. You see, the Bible says that husband and wife relationship it says, he that finds a wife mm-hmm. finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So we use that till we get married and tear that page out and throw it away. Because right. we've taken that scripture literal. But there's a principle behind it. What it says is, on this path, he said, he who stumbles on a wife. Come here, babe. Yeah, you. You're the only one I brought. (laughs) Come here, hurry. He said, get closer. He said, he who stumbles on a wife stumbles upon a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord to do what he's called you to do with excellence. And why did he say stumble? Because if your eyes are on him and all you see is him and you're walking on this path to him, from him, with him, then all you see is him and what he has for your life. He throws in your path and you stumble across it and you get up and you keep moving and don't lose any time. He said, now you're going to operate in a spirit of excellence with favor because you stumbled across what I gave you to help you do what I called you to do. You see, he says, I've got a wife for you. So immediately, (laughs) 
Lord, that one I believe will work. <laughs> and I bring her up, because he told me he had a wife for me, and I just figured I'd go find her. And I bring the wrong person that I have to struggle and push with, and I ask him to bless it. He said, why should I bless it? I didn't give it to you. What I had for you was down there in the closet, hiding, me preparing her, getting her ready for you, that when you got to that place on your path that you were more in love with me than you were the thought of anything else, you stumbled across her and you picked her up, and though you look at her and she's the complete opposite, she's the socialite and you're the redneck. But guess what? We go good together. We go good together. The Lord says, I'm going to give you a church. Okay. Let me see how, much, how many members I have. How big is the building? What's the worship team like? What's the potential of growth in 10 years? That just fits right with me. And you go into a congregation of 500, and in three months, you got it down to where you can handle it around 100. <laughs> Instead of... for what God has told us he wants us to do and some people just go 300 yards. And he did more in this 300 yards than you could have done going all around the world. You'd have made it a church. He made it a kingdom. So let's go, babe. Now, let me show you this. In Romans, the fourth chapter, the 20th and the 21st verse, Abraham was given a promise, a word. And the Bible says he never stopped believing God's promise, his word. And for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. Faith came in the word to perform itself. And then it says, in 17th verse and 18th verse, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist or have yet been revealed. And against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the word and expected God to fulfill it. There are things hidden in you that have not yet been revealed. 
that God wants to raise up and come out of you to put you where you're supposed to be, to operate in his presence, in his spirit, to reap a harvest that he's got coming because now he's calling for the harvesters. And he's saying there's something inside everybody that's sitting here that you don't even know is there. That you He said not only can he call things from the dead back to life, he said he can call things into existence that don't even exist. And he says, Abraham believed the word. And we're this morning, we're calling, we're calling, we're calling, we are calling, we are calling, we are calling, we are calling from the dead. That thing that church hurt has done to you. We are calling from the dead. That thing that a religious spirit has shot you with and tried to kill you with. We are calling from the dead. That thing that that spirit has made you believe that you're nothing and you can never sing and you can never teach and you can never preach and you can never live and you can never do good. That religious spirit, I now say today, we're going to kill it. It's dead. We're going to raise the dead. We're going to raise the dead. We're going to raise the dead. And the thing that don't even exist. Did you know that thing that you don't know exists yet? I call it forth. I call it forth. I call it forth. There's a rumbling in your spirit that has not yet revealed it to your mind. But it's going to reveal it to your mind. And your lips are going to speak that word into the atmosphere and call it into being. Not what was dead, but what never has existed. You see, it's existed in time before you were born, but not in you because you didn't think you could do it. Today's your day. Let me tell you this, and I'm sorry. I had a vision. I had a vision. I had a vision. And it was a vision of a missile. And I was standing in a wheat field. And the sky was as blue as it could be. And there was a missile coming. And I looked at it, and it was the same color as Air Force One. It was as big as Air Force One. But I knew it wasn't Air Force One because it didn't have any wings. But it was coming for the wheat field. And it was going to land. And when I saw it, I thought, yes, peace and authority. Because that's the administration that's in now, biblical principles. Yes, he's coming to put his authority and his peace back in the wheat field so we can harvest the wheat. Come, Lord Jesus, come, because it looked like Air Force One. And the Lord said, it's not what you think it is. He said, it's counterfeit. He said, it's deceitful. It looks like me, and it sounds like me, but it's not me. 
And those who are not walking with me will be deceived and believing that it's me, but it's not me. And I didn't know what it meant. And then he started talking to me. Stand right here. Come this way. Well, no, just stand right there. Stand right there. You two, come over here. And you stand right there. Now, here's what the interpretation was. He said, what's coming is a new religion, a new world order. And we've known that. But it comes in subtly and we don't recognize it. People are not walking with him. You see, here's what we know. This current religion, there's one God. This new religion, there's many gods. This old religion, there's one way that seems right to man. But in this new religion, there's many ways. In this old religion, it's run by man. In this new religion, there's no gender. In this old religion, marriage is male and female. In this new religion, anybody can marry anybody. Same-sex marriage. In the old religion, we're known by what we can't do. In this new religion, you can do anything. In the old religion, conviction declares you guilty. In this new religion, no, no conviction. In this old religion, we steadfast against abortion. Even to the point we hate the people that are doing it. But in this new order, you can abort even up to birth. In the old order, God is taken out. Prayer is taken out. The government has taken it out. In this new order, it's government endorsed. In the old order, we now have a hate message. <coughs> In the new order, this is the message of love. So now we're told we have two choices. The old way, which has put a bad taste in our mouth to the point we don't even like church. People will not come to church because they hate church. They hate the word church. They hate the way it's been used because it's become a religious thing of guilt. I'm telling you the truth, of shame. And we got to measure up and prove ourselves worthy. 
And this one says, he loves you just the way you are. But there's a third one. Where's my stuff? Come here. Remember, baby, okay? New order in Now listen. You see, the old order says it's man's way. The new order says it's anyway. The old order said you're guilty. Guilty. And the other one says you're forgiven. This one says you don't need forgiveness. So we're told, you're guilty, you don't need forgiveness. Run by man here, no gender here. This one has two bathrooms, this one has three. <laughs> Tell you like it is. And we, we've been given the false lie that this is the only two choices we have. God Almighty. Stand right here, Jerry. But the Bible says, this one, this one says, you got to prove your love to be accepted. This one says, you're loved just the way you are. Because to us, we've been in bondage so long, freedom means the pendulum has gone from here to here. But let me tell you something. The pendulum is coming right back to here. Because in the midst of all this, Psalm 46 and 4 says there's a river. Whose streams make glad the city of God. The tabernacle, the holy place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. And God will help her just when she needs it. We're not worried about the Democrats. We're not worried about the Republicans. We're not worried about religion. We're not worried about a new world order. We are standing in the river whose current is God. And all of us shut that up.
because in the midst of this old religion and in the midst of this new order flows the kingdom. And he's calling, whosoever will. You got to earn your love here. We love you the way you are here. He loves you the way you are, but he don't want you to stay that way. Here, you hide it in the closet. Here, you come out of the closet. Here, you're free, and you're redeemed, and you're whole, and you're restored, and you're reconciled. Here, you can't have an abortion. Here, you can abort up to childbirth. Here, I don't want one. can't do that. Here, you can do whatever you want to do. Here, I don't want to do it. Here, you've got to do this. Here, you don't have to do that. Here, I want to do it. Here, I was told you can't go to movies because of the bad language. Here, you're told, that's just the way of life. That's the way it is. You can go see anything. Here, I don't want to go. What I was raised to hate was just the wrong motive. And revealed in this, to bring conviction to that, to let me know, not I'm guilty, but you're free of that. So guess what? Here I stand this morning in the kingdom, in the river. Just think about it. It's just seven minutes to 12. Just think about it. Just think about this. Just think about this. Just think about this. And you know what? I can rest and have peace because I flow in the current of your time. I don't have to put and swim to try to beat the current. And I don't have to swim to swim back up from the current. I just get me a little inner tube <laughs> or a surfboard and ride it out. Can I hold your surfboard? Hold on. Give me a surfboard. You see, a guy that I didn't think a whole lot of prophesied. He prophesied over me one day because he knew I was just a beach junkie. And he prophesied. He said, I see you preaching on the beach in a pair of khaki shorts and a sport coat and flip-flops. And I've always remembered that, but didn't believe it. But then he comes up and says, I'm going to bring you down to my surf shop on the beach, and you're going to preach at my surf shop on the beach. 
I'm bringing my board. When he tells me I can stand, on the beach in my sport coat, with my khakis, and my flip-flops. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And you know what I might do? I might do some trick surfing. Because they think I'm 62 and too old to surf. But I'm not too old to surf. God, I love this thing. See, you're tired of standing. I could preach from right here all day. <laughs> so I said all that to say this. Everybody stand. Let, let me tell you. Holly. I was telling you, sis, I was telling you, I was telling you, there's a flow, and it's kingdom, and it's pure, and it's beautiful, and there's white, pure sand, and there's real, pure water, and it's a river, and it's not there, and it's not there, it's right here. Now, in this river, there are things that died that once they come into the river, they come back to life. I know I got to quit. Come here. Thank you. Bring her with you. Come here. Get like you were. call things that were dead back to life. But he also says you call things that didn't exist. Why? Because you weren't pregnant. But he says in the river we're going to call things that don't exist. So when you get in that intimate relationship with him, and he births it in you, and your eye hasn't seen it, and your ears not heard it, and neither's entered into your heart what that baby's gonna look like, or what it's gonna do, or how I'm gonna use it. But you trust me, and at the right moment when you birth it, here I come. 
I didn't exist before then, but here's Johnny. And I've been a wreck, and I've been crazy, and I've been messed up, and I've been beat on, and I've been tricked, and I've been lied to, and I've been asked to measure up, and I hid myself in an apartment for five years and wouldn't come out because I thought I was useless, and I thought I was no good because of what I was taught and how I was raised, and I thought I would never be used. I thought I was nothing, but one day while I was in the apartment, he gave birth, and I came out, and I'm surfing again. So here's what we're going to do. Take these two sheets, this river. Will you grab that board? I don't want to mess it up. Okay, you've had enough time. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, sit down. Now, here's what I want to do. I know there's a bunch of people here, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm leaving, and God bless you, but... but I believe the Lord didn't use me to teach a new thing. I believe he just used me to confirm what's already That's been going exactly on. Right. <laughs> yes. You know why? Because in, you know why? Because in you're doing it sometime, you wonder if you're doing the things right way because you've been told just to be patient, but now you realize in the kingdom, he'll give you markers. I'm a marker. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.